Coworkers, welcome back to another episode of Coworking, the podcast that brings you the conversations you're currently missing from your workplace. So Bianca, I was, I was looking through some of the stats mm-hmm. for our podcast, and I noticed that our second episode is it's one of the faves out there. Yeah. One of the most listened to. And I've heard a lot about it from other people that they enjoy mm-hmm. that episode. And I know that you and I had talked, and we had more bad things that yeah. have happened to us that, that we laugh about we're not that lucky that we've only had one <laughs> bad thing happen to us <laughs> so so maybe this one uh can be what is the second worst thing mm-hmm. to happen to you that you still laugh about now mm-hmm. yeah uh i would love to tell you a story that happened uh we as we're recording this we have just I don't know if celebrated is the right term celebrated the Super Bowl. Uh, so this story takes place, uh, on Super Bowl Sunday of the year 2018. So, uh, friends, it is, it is fairly recent. Uh, and let me tell you, time heals all wounds. Um, so listeners and friends of the pod will know that I have two dogs that I love, uh, more than anything in this in this universe. So, uh, the story does involve my doggos. They are fairly well behaved. Um, we got Lola in August of 2017 when she was just a little chicken nugget of a puppy. And when Penny was a puppy, she was able to do crate training fairly easily. Like I think she might've been, six months by the time that we actually let her roam around the house unsupervised like she wasn't throwing parties she she (laughs) maybe had like an accident or two but yeah she was fair a fairly quick learner of what the what the bathroom rules were in the house nice lola on the other hand uh we were not quite as lucky uh, so she had she had to stay in the crate uh, for a couple months longer. And so uh, when we went to a friend's house, we knew that the the order of operations was you get your stuff ready. You put Lola in the crate and Penny just gets to roam around the house uh, because she was a good girl and wasn't going to destroy anything or poop all over the place. <laughs> so. Uh, we went to a friend's house for Super Bowl Sunday. We had a ton of fun, had some snacks. Um, I remember it specifically because, do you remember the phone game show HQ Trivia? Like that Super Bowl, they had like a special where you could play. Yeah. I, I never actually played it myself, but isn't that the one where you could win like real actual money? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it ended up being just kind of a debacle and i think it is no more but yeah (laughs) i i remember it very distinctly as like that being one of the segments of the super bowl right so uh i could not tell you who played in that super bowl again could not (laughs) tell you who won um i was you remember any of the commercials absolutely not Mm -mm. i i feel like if you told me which commercials happened 
in the 2018 Super Bowl, I would have been like, oh yeah, that sounds right. But could I tell you any of them off the top of my head? Absolutely not. Now, is that because this bad thing that's about to happen to you mm-hmm. kind of like overshadows everything else? Or is there just, those aren't the aspects of a Super Bowl party that are memorable to you? You know, I love a Super Bowl for the halftime show and the commercials, but I could not tell you who the performer was <laughs> nor what the commercials were. Um, I think because the rest of the night is just so locked in my head about what happens. <laughs> uh, to be fair, could not tell you what last year's commercials were. All I know is that last year, uh, 2020, I know that JLo and Shakira performed because that was incredible. That's a little bit more solidified in my mind yeah, than yeah. other past Super Bowl performers. But, okay, so remind me, you yeah, you locked up the dogs and went. You left your house and went to a different party. Yep. Yeah, we okay. have uh, friends who live in a different part of Omaha, um, so it was maybe twenty or thirty minutes away. So not super long, but like a, a reasonable Omaha drive. Okay. Yeah. So Super Bowl ends. I don't know. I want to say nine thirty. We get home just after ten. Uh, of course, it's a school night. So I have to get up for work tomorrow morning. So my goal in going home is to like wash my face, uh, put on my pajamas, hop into bed. Sounds good. Oh, I was very excited about it. (laughs) So we get home. And um, at the time we lived in a house other than the one we live in right now, we were renting a house um, that had a big backyard for our dogs. Okay. And uh, it was a split level. And so we came in through the garage. And then the thing you have to do in order to get to like the main level of the house is just go right mm-hmm. up the stairs. Yep. I'm at the bottom of the stairs coming in from the garage. And I just smell something awful. And I'm oh, like, no. oh, no, Penny must have pooped in the kitchen or something. Right. Like there was no way. That that was the level of awful I was ready to deal with. <laughs> um, so I come up the stairs. I go like around this little corner up to the main floor. And Penny, like the the precious angel that she is, is just sitting in front of of the gate we had a, a gate so that penny wouldn't okay. go down into the basement area so she stayed up on the main level like i trusted her but i didn't trust her that much <laughs> so uh she's sitting in front of the gate just looking like i didn't do it right <laughs> uh and i'm like oh what what's happening because i as i get to the main level the smell intensifies But it's not to the point where you're like, oh, I can definitely identify that this is where the smell is coming from. Okay. So I start to investigate, like, where did she poop if it wasn't in, like, the living room and the kitchen, which were very, which were readily accessible from the top of the stairs, right? Like, I surveyed my empire real quick. No, (laughs) no signs 
of what I think is going to happen. I go into the bedroom and let me tell you uh, what our bedroom looks like. So um, it was at the end of a hall, uh, kind of like in the back corner of our house. Okay. Um, we had um, at the time, I think we had like a king size bed, um, nightstands on either side. And um, the bedroom is where we kept the crate because okay. Penny Penny got to sleep on the bed. Lola did not get to sleep on the bed because she had some bathroom learning to do still. <laughs> so she got to be in the crate. So uh, the crate was on my husband's side of the bed. Oh, and we on the bed? No, it's on the on the side. Oh, yeah, it's like on next side. To, okay. Yeah, okay. next to next to his. <laughs> oh my god, that's a heavy crate too for us to like put it on top of the bed every time we left. Yeah, I, I was confused. I... Yeah, yeah. So it's on his side of the bed. We Got also it. put it. um like a sheet over the crate because it kind of helped Lola calm down when she needed oh, yeah. to. Yeah, we've done so that. So it's it's like her little den. Um, we call it. We called it her apartment when we had to like have her go in. I'm like, okay, go in your apartment. And so because it was on my husband's side of the bed, um, he ended up just like draping a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or something across the top because it's an it's another side table, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of putting the stuff in the hamper, like I'm not throwing shade, but I'm throwing shade. <laughs> uh like instead of putting it in the hamper, just drape it across the jaw crate, right? Okay, so back to the situation at hand. I still smell something. It intensifies. Now, as, can you yeah. identify what the smell is? Like, do you know that it's poop or is I, it still up in I the air? I definitely knew that it was poop. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, but, but you're not really sure where it's coming from yet. Right. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know, like, what carpet cleaner I have in my future, right? Like, <laughs> how big is the spot, right? Yeah. So I go into the bedroom and I flick the light on. And what is before me is um, like that scene in The Exorcist where the little <laughs> girl like just had vomited all over the bedroom. Yeah. So uh, Lola had gotten very sick and she had had explosive diarrhea oh, no. all over the inside of her <laughs> crate. But wait, remember how I said she had that sheet? on the top of her crate yeah yeah she had managed to pull it inside of her crate and roll around in it (laughs) and then she must have had another uh explosive incident because it was on the walls oh it was on the carpet (laughs) it was on the side table like do you ever do you ever panic because you're like I have so many things to fix right now, and I have no clue what the first one should be. (laughs) So we somehow get Penny outside, and then my husband tries to manage to get Lola from the crate, down the hallway, through our kitchen, through the sliding glass door to go out into the backyard. And I'm just like... Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna gather all of the cloth things first, and then just like try to try to deal with that first, and just like, um, I just threw them 
into uh threw them into the washer as quickly as I could like just thinking like a lot of like chlorine free bleach will take care <laughs> of whatever this is right and then um the the crate had a tray underneath so I had mm-hmm. to like pull that out hose it down in the bathtub and try to like like soap it up really good and then I just kind of left it and one of my husband's favorite sweatshirts was caught in the crossfire. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so needless to say, that got turned into some cleaning rags later on. Mm. My husband is watching the girls outside. And uh, I'm trying to, like, quickly do as much as I can, right? Just thinking, like, oh, man, like, I don't know what she got into to make her so sick. But... My husband comes to get me and he goes, hey, it doesn't look great out there. Um, I think we're going to have to take Lola to the emergency vet. And mind you, oh, like, it's 10 p.m. by the time we yeah. got home on a Sunday night. So we're already like, oh, we're so tired and I don't want to have to deal with this. But like, it's my dog and she's sick. So I'm like, mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. very anxious and very nervous. Yeah. So, um, now from, one question at, at yeah. this point, uh, now was your husband able to pick her up clean or is he like bear hugging a poopy dog? And Oh yeah. He, uh, he definitely had a shirt to throw into the wash that <laughs> I immediately ran. Yeah. Uh, I think he tried to like get her out and then like grab her by the scruff of her neck just okay. to, just to like, how big her. was she at this point? She like how many pounds um, you think? I'm gonna say she was probably forty or fifty pounds. Yeah, that's that's pretty good size. Like yeah. it's it's hard to carry that big of a dog without without bear we, hugging or something. We still do uh like pick her up, but it's really like uh you know how farmers pick up sheep? Like oh, they yeah, just yeah. kinda like grab them from underneath. <laughs> um yeah, because she's like a cool seventy pounds now. That's impressive. Um, yeah, she's a big girl. Uh, my husband calls to me. He's like, this doesn't look great. We should take her in. Um, our vet gave us like a fun uh, refrigerator magnet so that in case of emergencies, we knew what the emergent, like the adjoining emergency vet would be. So I was okay. like, great, this is it. I did not call first because I panicked. And so we <laughs> went we went to a place that was closed. So I have a sick dog in my car with my husband. Penny, we were just like, she was alone before. She can be alone now. <laughs> She'll be fine. What, so, did you prep yeah. your car for Lola? Like we had have hosed any more her down a little bit, but we definitely we have dog towels. So like okay. all of the towels that when they're no longer great for people, we just yeah, turn them yeah. into dog towels. Um, so bath time, they're great. Uh, muddy feet after a rainy day, mm-hmm. they're great. Yeah. Uh, getting snow off of them because they're, boy, their fur really traps a whole lot of snow just to like scrub as much of the snowballs off of their feet as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So we've got a ton of dog towels. So that was fairly easy, just putting some dog towels down in the back of my car. Um, and then 
trying to go as quickly and safely as possible <laughs> to this emergency vet that I had uh, later learned was closed. So we get there. It's totally dark. There's nobody. I'm like, what the crap? So I am on my phone trying to find another emergency vet. I think the one that we ended up going to was all the way in Papillion. So I live in Southwest Omaha at this point, and I drive to Papillion, which is oh, basically Southeast Omaha. Yeah. Um, so that's like, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. Uh which means that's going to be 30, 40 minutes coming back. So we get there. We do the whole check your dog in. What's wrong? Tell me about what happened. We go through. We wait in the waiting room. There are a couple other sick dogs, which just makes me the saddest human being on the <laughs> freaking planet. So I'm like, oh, this is just not great. But I'm like trying to keep my head up, trying to keep... uh trying to keep a positive attitude yeah, stay strong for lola yes yeah she's just a baby <laughs> at this point she was not even a year old at that point okay. um she was um i want to say like nine or ten months at that point no not even ten months seven or eight months math is hard so <laughs> i uh wait in the waiting room and they finally call us in I'm like okay great cool i go in with her and the doctor's like, okay, so tell me what happened. And of course, I tell him a far less colorful story about what had just <laughs> happened just to, you know, save some time. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, okay, so there's a couple of things that I think it could be. Um, I will definitely test for those. Do you think she got into anything that I should test for additionally? Because I can test for, and then he like lists off a couple of things and of course, like, this is, I don't have human children. This is my baby. I'm like, you will test her for everything. <laughs> you test her for even the thing. Like, you know how on house, I think I've talked about this before. It's never lupus. Like, yeah, you yeah. test her for lupus. Like, you test her <laughs> for everything that they taught you about in veterinary school. And guy's like okay like i just want to let you know like it'll cost a little bit extra to test her for this other thing and i'm like i don't even care like i just want to make sure that she's okay so they take her in the back to like i don't know if they like looked at her blood or like tried to take a stool sample just to to figure out what mm -hmm. was happening and they come back and they go hey remember that thing where i was like i don't think we need to test for this uh good thing we tested for this because Lola has Giardia, uh, and Giardia is, like, this river parasite that you get from, like, what? drinking stagnant water. So, she must have gotten it from drinking out of a puddle on a walk huh. or something. So, I, I still don't know exactly how she got it, because I'm like, we live... We live near, like, a children's park. Like, I don't know what weird animals are running around, like, spreading Giardia <laughs> in, like, this suburban area, right? So I don't know exactly how she got it. All I know is that she got it. And then the doctor proceeds to tell me, oh, you have another dog at home. And I said, 
you better believe it. She is also the light of my life. And the doctor goes, yeah, we're going to need to treat her too because it's very contagious. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, no. You've got to be kidding me. So now I have to treat two dogs for this. Um, so before they give me like the medication or whatever, they, uh, like they pump Lola full of some sort of medication. They give her like the first dose of whatever I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you know, because she had, um, had so many bowel movements, she's probably dehydrated. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to give her what they called a subcutaneous IV. Which ended up looking, it's so subcutaneous, it's under the skin. So they just like pump some uh, saline fluid like in between the layers of her skin. So she looked like (laughs) a camel with a hump. Oh, weird. And then, so what happened because gravity, it like slowly like worked its way down the side of her body. (laughs) So she had, so it looked like she had a chicken cutlet just like sticking out of the side of her, which let me tell you, that was a ton of fun to just poke at and just be like, (laughs) what is this? So it didn't hurt her or anything. So it's not like I was abusing my dog, but like that was just really fun to just watch it slowly morph south on her body and then like slowly get smaller as her body absorbed all of the fluid Mm -hmm. that she needed. So, uh, I want to say by the time that we get home, it's about 2 a.m. And I have work the next day. I don't mm-hmm. even remember if I went to work or if I just like called in sick. I could not tell you. I like all I remember is just that night dealing with this. So they it, uh, the treatment ended up being what I thought was fairly easy, which was. You just had to sprinkle this powder on top of her food whenever she would eat. And of course, because I have two dogs, I had to do this for both dogs. Yeah. And they would just eat around the powder because I'm (laughs) sure it tasted awful, just terrible. So I ended up going back to my vet when I could make an appointment. They had all of the information, like all of the records, the emergency vet had contacted my vet just to let them know about what had happened so that they could have all the information on their side. So when I called to make an appointment, they were like, yeah, you know, uh, bring them in. We just want to check on her and and see how how she's doing. And also Penny, because Penny was likely uh, part of this whole uh, beautiful experiment. So uh, neither Penny nor Lola would eat the food that had the medication sprinkled on top of it. They just picked the kibbles that didn't have any exposure (laughs) to it. I'm like, you sons of guns. So I go in and they're like, yeah, if they're being ding-dongs about it, we can give you this liquid medication. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. My dogs will definitely be fine with that. (laughs) Cut two, they're definitely not fine with it. And I had, like, I told you how big my dogs are. Penny is 65 pounds. Lola is 70 pounds. Well, at the time she was like probably 50, probably working her way up towards 60. And uh, they don't have small, dull teeth. 
So I'm, <laughs> so they gave us this liquid that we had to like pull into this huge syringe that doesn't have a needle on the end. It's just like to, to squirt fluid into their mouth. Yeah. It ends up being something similar to if your dog has ever had um, like the Bordetella vaccine where they just kind of go like squirt it right into their mouth. Oh yeah. yeah. So I have never done this before. So I am trying to like open up the jaws (laughs) of life on my dog and she is just not having it. And like my, my fingers look like, uh, like I had been bitten by an animal, like it didn't cut through, but it's like, it's definitely like I had had my hands in an animal's mouth, like trying to get that in there. <laughs> so we had to do that for, I want to say like five to seven days. And it was, it was twice a day. Oh, you do it in the morning and at, and at night. And I was like, I am so glad. Like once this is all over. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, as as soon as that was over with, they didn't have to take any medication. Everyone was fine. But, oh my gosh, the, the actual event and then having to force feed medicine to my dogs afterwards was just a harrowing adventure. So, so did Penny never have a uh, poop capade? No, she was totally fine. So if she was like they they thought that she should be treated anyway yeah. because it was it was thought mm-hmm. to be so contagious and I was like yep don't need two of that in my house give me all the drugs <laughs> that you have I will take all of them what else do you need me to give her do you need me to give her like a Zyrtec or something too whatever it takes for me to have clean walls I will <laughs> definitely do that I thought you were going to say that uh on your way back from the vet Penny had an episode and oh that would have made it so much worse. Let me I, I will say like we've had some accidents in the yeah. house, but that is by far the worst one. Like <laughs> I would take oh we we also had an incident where like someone stepped in poop in the backyard and then did you ever see those family circus cartoons where you can see where the little boy has run around? Yeah, yep. yeah, that was poop in my home because someone had a poop foot and just ran around. Like Penny <laughs> Penny has done that before, but uh at least it wasn't like a scene from The Exorcist and for that I'm very grateful. See, the you said a scene from The Exorcist, but I always think of Daddy Daycare. I haven't seen Daddy Daycare. You've never seen that? No, I have to add it to my list along with. Uh, There's a part where a little kid comes out of the bathroom, and uh, <clears throat> Eddie Murphy does such a good job. He just all you see is his head poking in through the crack in the door, and he just kind of looks down ar- around the ground in awe. And then he looks up at the <laughs> ceilings, like. <laughs> <laughs> now the the other thing I got to know though is yeah, were you like you said that was in your bedroom? Yeah. It got on the carpet, on the wall. Yeah. Were you able to to clean that good enough to sleep that night? We sprayed a lot of air freshener. <laughs> um, like I tried, I tried my best in every area that we could. Like we changed our sheets because I'm pretty sure it was on like our bed sheets mm. too. Uh, we cleaned everything that was visible. Let me tell you. 
Um, and I, I think it was just a matter of like Lysoling as best we could. And then just yeah. kind of knowing that like, okay, Lola's fine. And, and it'll be, it's not going to smell like this forever. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you also mentioned that you were renting this place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how, how did that play into your thoughts about what had happened and whether or not anything was permanent. I thought we were never going to get our security deposit back. <laughs> we, and so when we moved out, I gave everything a deep clean. Like I, I cleaned the carpets with like, I rented a ste- uh, a carpet cleaner. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that like, if we were living in filth, it was just our filth <laughs> and that no one else had to live in it too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to say the next day it smelled remarkably better um, (laughs) because I like really, I had smelly carpet stuff that was specifically for dog accidents too, where it's like an enzyme cleaner where it breaks it down so that they don't think that they can do their business there anymore. Wow. I don't think I'd ever actually heard of Giardia. I know you mentioned it to me once a long time ago, but I didn't know what it was. I certainly didn't know it was a river parasite. It's it's mentioned in uh, New Girl. So every time I rewatch New Girl, there's a, a <laughs> reference to it. And I'm like, mm, Lola had Giardia. <laughs> yep. Nice. That is a good story. Yeah. I'm sorry about the, the poop incident. You know what? Lola's fine. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, mine... definitely, definitely something we can laugh about now. Mine does not involve poop. Congratulations. Which is which is good. Yeah. Uh, so so mine is a little over three years ago. I had LASIK, which yeah. I will start by saying, no regrets on getting LASIK. It was it's great. It's been great. Did you have the regular LASIK or did you have PRK the other one? The regular. Okay. I don't know why anybody would get PRK because that's the one where they just like shave off the front of your eye, right? Yeah, I had PRK. That's why I ask. <laughs> yeah why did you have prk my corneas weren't thick enough for lasik oh okay uh so yeah i i got lasik well first i you know saw an eye doctor my normal eye doctor and said hey i'm interested in lasik uh and then she said yeah go to this like she recommended the place to go to it's a well-known place um they uh very well trusted and everything and but of course, you know, first you got to go for the consultation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went for that. And uh, the surgeon was looking at my eyes. And one of the things he said, uh, he asked me if my family has a history of glaucoma. Mm. I said, no, I don't think so. I'd never heard of it. And later on, I asked my mom and she was like, no, we I'm not aware of anybody in the family ever having glaucoma. Yeah. And so I told my surgeon this and he's like, oh, interesting. You're well, you're kind of a glaucoma suspect. I don't know if that's like the official term. He made it sound that way. Uh, but, but basically, he said, I'm at risk of glaucoma. Oh. Uh, and it, it wouldn't affect the LASIK or anything. It was just something he noticed and wanted just to keep his eye on. General eye but health. because of that, I started learning a little bit about glaucoma uh, and also about medical marijuana, which which I'll get to later. But that, that, that doesn't really have anything to do with the, the story. But, you know, if if you're at risk of glaucoma... You get medical marijuana. It's yeah. it's simple. So up up till this point, how long had you been wearing glasses or contacts? Uh, since like third grade. Oh, so it's a really long time. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, everything checked out good with consultation. My corneas are very thick, mm-hmm. thick and healthy. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Um, and I'm sure you probably remember that the tool that they use to do that, they have to like touch your eyeball with it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that well, first they numb your eye so you don't really feel it, but you know it's there. So, uh, so yeah, everything checked out great. I get the LASIK. The LASIK goes fine. Um, I mean, it's a weird process, but it, it went as, as they said it would. Uh, but then uh, my eyes were taking a little bit longer to heal than normal. Uh, and it really like what I was feeling was uh, just sensitivity to light all the time. And of course, at the same time, we moved into our new building at work, uh, Mm. which, as you know, has giant windows everywhere and lots of sunlight. Yes. So sun soaked is what I would call it. (laughs) (laughs) So I I tried to stay on the north side of the building. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, And that that was actually really brutal. The just dealing with the sun sensitivity all the time. Um. I mean, the the only nice part was I could actually wear sunglasses because I didn't have to wear my normal glasses. And I nice. I never bothered to pay for prescription sunglasses because mm-hmm. why? I don't know. I'm cheap for myself. <laughs> uh, but it, I kept going to see my eye doctors saying like, hey, no, it, I'm still getting this light sensitivity. What's going on? And and she was giving me samples of these uh, uh, drops to heal it up. Mm-hmm. They're like a light steroid, basically. Mm. And so I would I would take the drops, go back in a week later. She's like, oh, yeah, there, there's some progress. Take another sample, take those drops, go back in a week later, a little bit more progress. And then uh, and then she's like, well, let's go ahead and knock this out. I'm going to give you some stronger stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember if that one was a sample or if I had to go to the pharmacy to get that one. But anyways, I got the stronger stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm taking it for about, I don't know, four four or five days. Uh, and then on a Friday I go into work and my eyes are kind of starting to feel funny. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> I don't know if you did this after LASIK, but I would constantly like close one eye and then close the other eye and just like compare, <laughs> yes. like look at something really far away. Yeah. like, well, this eye is a little bit better than this eye. <laughs> right. And, uh, I even complained to the surgeon about that. I'm like, man, my, my eyes are not the same. I want yeah. them to be the same. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but that day I was doing it I'd been doing it like the entire time since I got LASIK and I noticed that uh my eyes had gotten a little bit worse like they weren't really blurry but I just wasn't seeing quite right I don't know it was weird I couldn't really describe it and so I called my eye doctor yeah and I I said like hey uh I've been taking these drops you know since our my last appointment and my my eyes are starting to feel funny I'm not really yeah. sure if I should like stop taking them. <clears throat> and I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't actually get to talk to my eye doctor. I talked to, uh, I don't, I don't know what her title is. She was, she was working the front desk, but she was also run, running like the, the initial equipment, like the puff test, the sure. eye test, which is a glaucoma test that mm-hmm. I learned. <laughs> I didn't know that before. A glaucoma uh, suspect. Yeah. When you're a glaucoma suspect, you learn all about glaucoma. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, so I, I had, I talked to her, whatever her title is. And mm-hmm. so I hung up and she went and talked to the eye doctor. Um, and I think at this point I should also mention like the things that I learned about glaucoma at this time. And also talking to my eye doctor, uh, 
there there's the, the puff test it measures pressure in your eye mm-hmm. and when your pressure is too high uh that causes glaucoma because it causes too much pressure on the optical nerve or something like that oh. and it was the the shape of the stuff around my optical nerve is what makes me a glaucoma suspect because the pressure would not have to get as high for me to develop glaucoma oh and there are numbers uh most people, their pressure is between 15 and 20. I have no idea what the unit is. Yep. <laughs> but it's between 15 and 20. Uh, mine were normally 18, and which is good. Right. Uh, and they, they told me several times, over 20 is bad. Right. Uh, also, medical marijuana, or marijuana in general, doesn't have to be yeah. medical. Uh, <laughs> it, it lowers the pressure in your eyes. And that's why you take it if you have glaucoma. Interesting. Okay. Or... or, yeah, or if you're a glaucoma suspect, that's mm-hmm. also why your eyes get bloodshot because when the pressure drops, it allows all the blood vessels to expand a little bit. I didn't know that. Yeah. So these are the things that I learned about glaucoma. Yep. Uh, okay. So now uh, I get a call back from the the lady whose title I don't know. Yep. She's not really the receptionist, but I, I'm not sure if she's an, an eye nurse. I don't know if that's a thing. It is now. <laughs> and and she says uh hey we uh we need to make you an appointment for the eye surgeon today and i'm like today I'm like can i wait till monday i mean i'm kind of busy today right. she's like no uh uh your eye doctor said you need to go today <laughs> i'm like oh oh no oh, okay uh and so <clears throat> she's like i'm on the phone with her and she's trying to make this appointment and then she goes, oh, shoot, your eye surgeon's not even in today. You're going to have to go see somebody else. Uh, not even at the same building. It's like a building uh, next door, but they just a complex of eye doctors or eye surgeons. And uh, so now I'm starting to get a little nervous because, you know, right. they're suggesting a great sense of urgency. Uh, so they make the appointment for me for this other eye surgeon. And so I... I I drive there like basically immediately after this phone call or or maybe an hour later. So I get there and then I meet this eye surgeon for literally the first time ever. Never seen him before. Uh, He sits me down in a chair and he starts like looking at my eyes and stuff. He said he's not really seen anything off or weird. Uh, And then he, uh, uh, you know how he said that the puff test is to measure the pressure in your eyes. But not all places do that. The other way that they can measure pressure in your eyes is they give you a numbing drop and then they touch a thing to your eye and, and that measures pressure. Well, he did that. He put the numbing drops in and then he, he uh, does touches my eyeball to, to measure the pressure. And he goes, well, there's your problem. Your pressure is really high. It's 33. <gasps> and I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's so high. That's that's over 50 percent higher than 20. Oh, <laughs> My gosh. And so at this point, all these thoughts are running through my head. Like, do I have glaucoma right now? <laughs> Am I losing my vision? Because they, they call it the, uh, uh, oh, there's some weird old wives name for it. Like the, the hidden blindness or it sneaks up on you. Because essentially you don't recognize that you're going blind because your brain is oh, like filling gosh. in the gaps as you're slowly losing vision. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, am I developing glaucoma right now? And then... This eye surgeon, worst bedside manner of anybody. Oh, no. <laughs> he he has an a, assistant in there, 
And he looks at him and he tells him to go grab some tool. It's got some really scientific name and I can't remember mm-hmm. what it is. And and the, the assistant literally runs out of the room to get oh, this thing. Oh, boy. And so I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what what are they going to do? What are they doing right now? What is this tool that he's getting? And so he runs back in and he hands the surgeon this tool. And I can't see what it is. Right. And the surgeon literally comes at my eyeball with this tool. And the, I swear to you, the thought that I had was he's going to stab my eye to relieve pressure. That's what I thought was going to happen. But you, you know what it was? What was it? It was that same tool that the other eye surgeon used to measure the <laughs> thickness of my cornea. <laughs> because, because you see, when they do a pressure test, the number that they get is variable depending on the thickness of your cornea. <laughs> and so to know, really? if, to know if that number is accurate or not, they measure the thickness of your cornea and adjust the number accordingly. That's what the tool was. <laughs> it was just oh measuring how thick my, my cornea was. He's like, yep, it's really 33. And then he gave me some eye drops to lower the pressure. And he, he said, just take these for two weeks and you'll be fine. <laughs> so you could, so you just told me that you drove to this appointment. Like, uh, how do I want to say this? Would you have driven there again? <laughs> like, could you see? Yeah, I, I could see fine. Uh, but so then like, after he gave me these eye drops and said I was I was free to go, like I didn't have to reschedule anything with him because he wasn't even my normal surgeon or anything. Yeah. I had to go sit down in the waiting room for 10 minutes to just like regain my composure. I almost fainted. Oh, I that. don't doubt it. Like the, you know, when you're about to faint, you start to like your hearing goes away and you just start to get the like the tinnitus yep. sound in your mm-hmm. head. That that's what happened to me. And so I actually, I even asked the assistant, oh. like, "Hey, do you have some water or something yeah. that I can have?" Because again, I thought he was going to stab my eye. Well, and if there's anything that I know about you, Greg, is that you and needles do not get along. So the, <laughs> the idea of someone poking a needle-like thing into your eye, whether real or not probably would have sent you in some sort of like fainting tailspin. Yeah. See, my wife, she always questioned how I could get LASIK or just be fine with the process of LASIK. But compared to needles, LASIK is such a superficial thing. (laughs) You know, all you're dealing with is this flap of your cornea. It never goes in your eye. Right. I mean, unless Uh, you count the actual laser, but like that's really just light. Yeah, it's just and light. light goes into your eyes all the time. <laughs> so yeah, after ten minutes of waiting in the lobby and somewhat regaining my composure, oh. uh, I think I went back to work and then probably <laughs> just went home. <laughs> and then the next week, the next week I went back to my normal eye doctor and I told yeah. her all about my <laughs> adventure. Yeah, uh, and. I could tell that she kind of regretted informing me about all of these things, like the numbers of what's good and bad mm. and not giving me the context of what's emergency level. Because mm-hmm. uh, when I said I thought he was going to stab my eye, she goes, oh, no, they would never do that unless it was over 50. No. 
<laughs> no, because no, she just told you that that's a legitimate course of action. Yeah, it is. It Stop. is a legitimate thing. She said it's Stop. not that uncommon after cataract surgery. Oh, shut the front door. <laughs> so oh, the other my thing, goodness. the other thing I learned uh, is that I am what she called a steroid responder. So this is a somewhat uh, common thing where if you take eye drops with steroids in them, it makes the yeah. pressure in your eye go up. And so when I called in saying, hey, my eyes felt funny, she said, I remember she said she thought it was one of two things. I don't even remember what the other one was. And yeah. But both of them were like serious. Uh, or no, at least the steroid responder one was serious enough that she's like, no, nah, you got to go see the surgeon today. Oh, my gosh. But she said, because I was doing fine with the lighter steroids for the weeks beforehand, right. she really didn't question giving me the stronger stuff. Right. She thought you just bump you up next level and yeah. then try to try to quicken it. So you, this was over the course of quite a few weeks, maybe months that this happened? Yeah. The whole thing was probably two to three months. Oh, and you had to look at a computer that whole time because- that's literally your job i turned the brightness way down <laughs> but still like what did you did you write code with your sunglasses on no i just turned the brightness down it, oh. i won't lie it was rough and i even told the eye doctor at one point like if i can't get this taken care of i will regret having gotten lasik oh and sure. so she was motivated she was very motivated uh to help me get it figured out because she's the one that told me like oh yeah everybody loves lasik Oh, oh my gosh. But shortly after that whole episode, she gave me different eye drops. We got it healed up. It's been great ever since. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I I honestly thought that you were going to tell me that when the assistant ran out of the room to go get the tool, that he was going to come back with a joint. And like, that's what was going to lower your eye pressure. Some emergency medical marijuana. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the comical end of the story. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the danger when you tell somebody that anything over 20 is bad, Ugh. but they don't tell you that 33 is not at the level at which they need to stab your eye. I think that is wild that stabbing you in the eye is a legitimate technique that they would need to resort to because that <laughs> is terrifying i mean at some point your eye is just gonna pop right oh, i mean you, just, you hate to think about it right oh it just makes me think like it just turning into like a deflated balloon in oh. your eye socket that's scary stuff rough mm. well we're definitely gonna have to put uh some spoilers on this episode for people who are uh not able to listen to long stories of poop or have stuff <laughs> with eyes yeah some people are really bothered by the eye stuff mm -hmm. i'm not and my wife is confused about it because i hate needles mm. i know my grandmother growing up used to tell us like like we would 
we would do something weird with our eyes. Like, it was when we were kids and we could figure out that, like, your skin is stretchy and we could make funny faces with it. And my grandmother's <laughs> like, don't touch your eyes. Like, she had the she had a weird thing about it and would, like, punish us if we were to be, like, poking <laughs> ourselves in the eyes. Like, we were, we were very smart children. Like, I don't want you to get the idea that we were just sitting in a corner poking ourselves in the eyes. We were just... I don't know. We were just like, oh, this is how the human body works. And like, I can touch my eye for a repeated amount of time. My (laughs) grandmother was like, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. So the other fun thing. So since then, I still uh, go in annually to the surgeon because he's so concerned about me getting glaucoma. Sure. Uh, But, you know, my normal eye doctor also does the glaucoma tests. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I always pay attention to what my numbers are now. Because I because I have so much context, I know what it means. Uh, they actually dropped after LASIK, which is normal, okay. because you know you're shaving off some of your cornea yep. uh, for for this LASIK, and so uh, I don't know. It just leaves more room or makes the huh. outer layer of your eye a little bit weaker, so your eye can bulge a little bit more. I don't know, but they said that the uh, the number dropping after LASIK is normal. So now I'm like a sixteen. I wasn't oh. 18. Now I'm a 16. So I'm Great. farther away from glaucoma. So that's good. Oh, good for you. But now I also like when they when they do the puff test or at the surgeon, they they do the other test where they got to numb your eye and then touch your eye. Mm-hmm. I always ask them because it's not the surgeon or the eye doctor doing it. It's one of the assistants. And I always ask them, how'd I do? And they're like, oh, we're not supposed to tell you. I'm like, why not? <laughs> that's the fun part now for me. So, so then I just watch <laughs> as they type it into the computer. Nice. So I just look over the shoulder and then I see oh, I'm a 16. <laughs> yep. So you've been downgraded from a glaucoma suspect to a glaucoma person of interest. Is that maybe, maybe, yeah. but they, the surgeon did say if I wanted to start taking drops now, like daily drops to lower the pressure in my eye, I could, but I, I don't want to do that. But now if medical marijuana comes to our state, right. <laughs> and it, I can get either- a glaucoma co- a medical marijuana card for glaucoma. Right. Yeah. Just be like, listen, I don't have glaucoma, but I might. Sometimes I just want to lower the pressure in my eyes. No big deal. <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, there's an episode of The Office where Dwight claims that he can raise and lower his cholesterol at will. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm just imagining you, like, raising and lowering your eye pressure just just to see what would happen with the doctor. Yeah. Like, they do it once, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to change it now. And <laughs> do it again. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my second worst thing. Ugh. It was terrible in that moment when I thought I was going to faint because I mm. thought he was going to stab me in the eye. Now it's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Recapping. You've had both medical things uh, w- happen to you that thankfully oh, you can laugh about true. now. Yeah. Mine was, I was a ding dong and <laughs> uh, my dog got sick. <laughs> you're, you're at least like staying consistent where I'm all over the board. Mine always involves a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Me and mm-hmm. surgeons. Did go way back. Did they tell you that? You were stoic this time? You know, 
I don't think I acted in a stoic behavior. Not going to lie. I feel like you held your eye pressure, though. Like, uh, but but you know, I didn't have to act in a stoic behavior because my wife wasn't there. Mm. I didn't have yep. to put on the strong face for anybody. <laughs> she was just looking for updates. It wasn't yeah. as uh, it wasn't as critical as getting an organ removed. To be honest, if my wife was there, if she was in the room, and she all had also thought the same thing I was thinking when the assistant ran back in with a random tool. Mm-hmm. She would have fainted. Oh, no. Because before I got the LASIK, uh, you know, they, they my wife came with me because somebody has to drive you home because right. obviously you can't drive yourself home. Yep. And they described the whole process. And I'm just like, yeah, yep, I understand. Let's do it. And yeah. she's over there getting super squeamish. Oh, poor thing. And it's not even happening to her. Right. But yeah, if she had thought she was about to witness me getting my eyes stabbed. <laughs> Stoic is all stoicism. Stoicism. How do you say that? Stoicism. Sto stoicism. Stoicism. That sounds right. Yeah. It's all relative, and my <laughs> level of stoicness would have been higher than hers. <laughs> you you come out on top no matter what. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so so you said that you've worn glasses, uh, the majority of your life from like third grade on to, uh. Mm-hmm. What, three or four years ago? Well, I, I did get contacts in seventh grade and wore those through college, but but yes, sure. contacts yeah. or glasses, some, yeah. Some some sort of eye augmenting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what spurred you to get LASIK where you were like, now is it, now is the time of my life to do it? Um, That's a good question. Probably having money. <laughs> Solid. Solid so play. That's a pretty good reason. Had you always wanted to do it and you were just like, I just have to wait. Or did you have to like talk yourself into it? Because I don't know. It's, it's a medical procedure. Uh, I always thought it was one of those things where actually, so now I think it's one of these things where you don't realize how good it can be until you do it. Cause I never thought glasses was that bad. Mm-hmm. It'd be like every, every once in a while when I had to get new glasses and, pay for some expensive frames and i'm like oh maybe i should just do lasik um but otherwise wearing glasses every day wasn't wasn't bad right um but i think i'd heard from many other people uh that said they really like their lasik um and i remember one of our coworkers that had gotten it said you know if in 10 years my eyes go worse i'll just get it again because it was so worth it wow so, so so then i was like maybe i should just look more into it um, I had someone tell me once that they got LASIK because when the zombie apocalypse comes, they don't want to be held back by <laughs> their need to wear glasses. Yeah, that's that's legit. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not a bad reason. It's an outlandish reason, but it's it, it's not a bad one. Now, I would still be a little concerned. I don't know... You don't have to worry about this because you got the PRK. Mm-hmm. But if you get the LASIK, I don't know if you knew this, Bianca, the flap never fully heals. So I did know that. And I knew that because uh, pilots can't get it. Yes. Uh, so they also recommend boxers don't get LASIK. They get PRK. 
Because oh. if you get hit in the face, it can dislodge the flap. Oh, so so what I just heard you say, I interpreted <laughs> very differently at first when you, you said thought dogs. No, when oh, okay. <laughs> I definitely thought underwear. Where they were, like they were recommending you wear a certain type of underwear, and I'm like, I don't know how that's related, but if it is, then okay, sure. And then dis- dislodging the flap. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you meant the profession, yes, of professional boxing. boxers. Yes. Yep. Yep. No, I get it. Yep. But yeah. Yep. So. uh I don't know that LASIK's going to play out good in the apocalypse because you're at higher risk of getting hit in the face, I feel, probably. And if that flap gets dislodged, oh, you you might be in real trouble. You're done, though. Unless you're, you know, brave enough to touch your eye and just try to get it back in place. I I don't know if you can do that. I I don't know what the mechanics are, but it, it can't be good. I do know that, like, if you have saved your glasses, I feel like you could use them as bartering. In the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> right? They got to be worth something to somebody. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe that counts as one of my irrational fears: is the flap getting dislodged. <laughs> You've done well with the flap so far, though. Yeah, yeah. Although I like those first couple weeks, I was so afraid to rub my eyeballs. Oh, I bet. Oh, that's. That's such a bummer feeling where you're like, I can't do anything because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to dislodge the flap. Sure. You paid a lot of good money to get your eyes fixed and you don't want to you don't want to mess it up. Because then I'll be honest, and this this might be a trigger for the eye squeamish people, but I was worried if the flap got dislodged that I might just rip it straight off. Sure. Just like a just (laughs) like a Band-Aid. I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I, I'm glad that uh, your eyes are fully intact. For the listeners, I can definitely see both of Greg's eyes. <laughs> they look fine. Yeah, the eyes are doing good. They never got stabbed. Mm. The flap is in place. Both flaps. Is that on your New Year's resolutions for each year? Like, try not to get my eyes stabbed? Like, you just you're just out here trying... Trying not to get poked in the eye. You know, honestly, I just try to forget that mm. that it was ever a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. I, I try not to think about it. And now you have a vivid <laughs> memory uh, yeah. strengthened in your mind. So, yes. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> I mean, really, the, the most vivid part is that surgeon turning to his assistant saying, hey, go get the, the thing. Right. I'll learn the name of it someday. Yep. And him just running out of there. Oh, that's, mm-mm-mm. yeah, that's, that's really concerning. I would, <laughs> I would have been terrified. All right. Well, we would love to hear from you. Uh, if you didn't tell us the first time about the worst thing that ever happened to you, we want to hear about the worst thing that's happened to you or the second worst or both hit us up. Uh, we're on Instagram at coworking underscore podcast If you've got a topic suggestion for us, DM us on Instagram. We would love to hear it. Uh, That's how you're going to secure the fact that we don't talk about eyeballs anymore. So get those topic (laughs) suggestions in. Uh, We're sure that you have friends that are missing their random office chit-chats. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about us. That's it for this week. We'll see you again in two weeks. Bye. 